Hello, Professor Beanin. Welcome to my podcast. In this podcast, I discuss the topic of racial and ethnic inequality within our society with my dad, Curtis Wilson Jr., the principal of Benson Polytechnic High School. Before I start the interview, I did a little research to see where racial inequality stands in our society. In the article Race in America 2019 by Julian Horowitz, it say that about three quarters of blacks and Asians and 58% of Hispanics say they have experienced discrimination or have been treated unfairly because of their race or ethnicity. We touch on this subject within the interview. We also discuss possible solutions to racial inequality, how he makes sure racial inequality isn't present in his environment, and much more. Without further discussion, let's get started. Well, to start, I have my dad here with me, and I'll allow him to introduce himself right now. Hello, my name is Curtis Wilson Jr., and I'm the principal of Benson Polytechnic High School here in Portland, Oregon. First and foremost, thank you for doing this podcast with me. I couldn't really think of anyone else better to do it with or discuss this topic with. And without further ado, let's dive right into these questions. Okay. Um, according to niche.com, Benson is the third most diverse school in Oregon. And being a principal, someone who takes lead of such a large amount of people, how can you make sure that racial inequality is not present with your environment? Well, I, I think it's important to know that it's pretty much impossible not to have some sort of racial inequality in your schools just because, for example, Benson has over a thousand kids. We have about 75 staff members. And we are a, a very diverse school. So there is going to be some sort of inequality with that many bodies in one building. What I try to do as a principal is make sure that I can hire the right type of staff that understands our diverse populations, that are able to work with students of color, and that are professionals in regards to teaching our students. Um, I don't think that we'll ever be able to get rid of all the racial inequalities that are in schools. Mm -hmm. But being at the highest level in the building, I can assure my students and my staff that I will do everything in my power to make sure that my kids are getting a quality education and it's not based solely on race in regards to how successful they are in the school. Right, right. Um... Do you have any possible solutions to racial and ethnic inequality? Well, I think for me, I mean, I'm I'm a very practical person. Um, I want to call it out when I see it. Like, if I know that there's something happening at Benson Tech that involves race and it's skewed, let's say that, you know, it, it, it could go both ways. Let's say there's something happening to where, you know, students are perceiving that there's some sort of inequalities happening with their teacher, then I'll look into it. I'll bring the teacher down. We'll have a conversation. I'll look at what the kids are talking about, and we'll try to figure out what's going on. And in that same realm, let's say that there are um, issues in regards to uh, teachers having concerns with students. I'll follow that lead as well. What I'll try to do is make sure that anything that involves race is handled in a very serious manner. I'll, I'll never just push it under the rug or, or turn my head or look the other way. If something comes up, I'm going to deal with it and try to figure it out. And with Benson being, you know, nearly um, 70% students of color, you know, we ha have had issues in regards to 
staff members and students having issues in regards to race. And for the most part, I look into those situations when they happen at Benson Tech. All right. So um, based on your past experiences, do you think that racial and ethnic inequality has become less frequent or like more subtle today when compared to the past? Well, I would say that in our society right now, I believe that it's it's more frequent, but at the same time, it's done in a very subtle way. Um, I believe that people are now empowered to, you know, speak their concerns or issues in regards to race, whether it's positive or negative. Um, I just believe that people are more open-minded in regards to race. I think that people that have issues with race feel like that maybe now in 2019, they actually have a platform where they can go out and talk about, you know, things involving students of color or people of color and express their concerns where, you know, maybe eight years ago, nine years ago, 10 years ago, they wouldn't be as overt in talking about their issues or concerns in regards to race. Um, I definitely believe that it is a more open-minded in regards to people who are out there having conversations about race because it is at the forefront of our society right now. Yeah, so according to the 2018 population estimate on the census website, around 13.4% of the U.S. population is black. So how different do you think your life would be if you were not a black male? That's a great question. Um, I mean, I was born a black male. I've never really been able to think about what it would be like if, if I was white. But, you know, growing up um, in Oregon, I moved here in, uh, I would say, 1979, maybe 78. And so I had I had a chance to see what it was like, you know, being a, a, a young black student going to a predominantly all-white school here in Portland. And it was hard. I mean, it was very difficult. Um, I am proud of who I am, but you can't help but be curious about what it would be like if I wasn't black. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that thought has to cross your mind as a black male, you know, uh, being subject to all sorts of turmoil and chaos and, um, you know, just being ridiculed by other people because of the color of your skin. So, you know, yeah, it would cross my mind because I would see it so overtly in everything that I did, you know, in the social economic classes that were pretty much better than my class because a lot of students that were people of color, we were at the bottom of the food chain in my high school. And so it was just difficult to navigate that on a daily basis. But I'm proud of who I am. I worked hard. I've climbed that ladder. And yeah, high school was tough. But as an educated black man, I feel like I am even more impactful and empowered to work with students and help people understand that we as a, we as a society can achieve and grow and prosper just like anybody else, regardless of if we're black, white, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, for sure. Um, with being a black male in this society, I'm sure that you have had experience with racial and ethnic inequality. Um, my question is, uh, how did you manage to deal with this racial inequality? Well, it took a lot of having deep 
rooted conversations with myself because I mean the easiest answer was when I was a kid it was it was dealt with you know violence I mean I was always getting into fights I couldn't function in my classroom um I couldn't like watch movies that dealt with racial inequality that our teachers were trying to show us in high school it was just hard to deal with that and then as I got older once I got on the college and really started to understand that you know you can challenge and deal with racial inequality in a whole different um, way besides just being violent about it. So I started reading a lot of books. I started advocating for for people of color. I started, um, I became a high school teacher. I started, you know, being a a role model, a support mechanism for my um, students. And then I thought about, you know, I could really do a lot if I went into administration. And so that's when I went into looking at being a vice principal, helping a lot of our students of color who are felt were being pushed right into the um, expulsion pipeline in high school. And then as a principal, I can really have an impact because now I'm responsible for hiring our staff. And so I try to hire people that look like our students. I try to work with uh, adults who are supportive of kids. And if those adults aren't I guess, in support of supporting all of our kids and, and helping them, then it's difficult for that individual and I to work together in the same building. I, I want people that are going to be there, that are going to be impactful, that are going to be encouraging, and that support students, all students, but especially our students of color. Um, you kind of already answered this question, but I'm just wondering... Um, <clears throat> How do you think that racial inequality has affected you today? Well, it's it's made me a more, uh, I would say, well-rounded person. Um, I feel like I can deal with issues in regards to race. I mean, it's don't get me wrong, it's still hard. But I can do it in a manner where I can have a good dialogue with someone about it. I mean, we can go into a room, we can close the door, and we can talk it through. Whereas, you know, 15... 20 years ago, that was not going to happen, right? I would just get upset. I would get angry. And it, it'd be hard to, to talk about racial issues, especially if I was talking to someone that didn't look like me, right? It would just be hard to have the conversation. Now I feel like I can have an educated conversation with someone, and we still may never agree on the concept of race, but they'll get my perspective and vice versa. I'll hear their perspective as well. But I always feel like unless you've been in my shoes, you really don't know what we've gone through as a society, as a people of color. But I'm always willing to have those conversations. And I feel like, you know, they're they're impactful because it, it, it allows another individual to hear maybe a different side of the story that they may never have heard before. So I've grown a lot as a person being able to talk about race. To wrap things up, in an article published by Iman Rastagari, as of late 2012, 80% of principals in the United States were white. Do you think people look at you any differently when they hear that you are a principal? Oh, yeah. I, I think for sure when people find out that I'm a principal, I mean, I've been a principal now for six years, but it's not as, let's just say, overtly out there as it was when I first became a principal six years ago. I mean, when I got the job over at Benson, um, 
There are a lot of people, a lot of uh, white alumni who heard that Benson now has their first black principal. And so a lot of people just came out of the woodworks. I was talking, I spent like my first two or three days just pretty much talking to alumni who wanted to know who this new individual was, this new principal. And I kind of knew that they were kind of checking out who is like the new principal who happens to be black at Benson as well. So for me, um, I took it as, okay, people are curious. They want to see what's going on. And I, and I knew that I was going to have to work, you know, very hard to earn their respect. I was going to have to work very hard to earn my staff's respect and to earn the respect of my students and parents. But now you fast forward six years, I think my body of work speaks for itself. And every once in a while, someone will still give me that, like, bewildered look when I tell them that I'm the principal of Benton High School. And, and if they knew me in my past, they'd be kind of shocked, like, whoa, like you made it this far. And it's that like, wow, I'm very impressed kind of look that they give me mm-hmm. when we end up talking about it. But, you know, it's just hard work. You know, I believe in hard work. I believe in working hard for the community of the school. And I will continue to advocate for our students, our staff, our community, and I will do my job to the best of my abilities. And I think people will look at that now. They don't really look at race. They look at this is a hardworking individual, and they're happy that I'm at the helm of Benton High School. Well, sadly, that is our time. But thank you for doing this podcast with me. Uh, it means a lot. It is widely known that racial inequality is very present today, but awareness still does need to be spread. Thank you again for your time. Thank you very much. And it was good to do this uh, podcast with you. All right. Thanks. To conclude, thank you for listening to my podcast, Professor Beanin. This has been a really cool experience to me. Going into more details about racial inequality, in a New York Times article by Erica Green, she states that black students are three times more likely to get suspended from school when compared to white students when they participate in the same infractions. My guest today went over how he tries to make sure that everything is equal under his wing. Racial and ethnic inequality is a very large issue within our society today, and although there isn't a solid solution that we can all agree on, we can still try to limit this issue. Thank you for listening again.